chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Wednesday night. In the book of Ezekiel, we will get a running start in our scripture today, Daniel 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem to besiege it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he had carried into the land of Shinar, again, that's Iraq, to the house of his God. And he brought, it, brought the articles into the treasury house of his God. Well, then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and in whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which they drank, and for three years of training for them, so at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Let's pray. Father, you're so good to us, and we thank you, Lord, for a building to come to, Lord, to be refreshed by your word. Thank you for those, Lord, in children's ministry today that you just bless and touch them. Father, this message goes over our radio station and over the internet. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our hearts now. Be with us right now. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we got into our introduction into Daniel. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to watch that on our social media pages while it's up. <laughs> uh, we'll see today. Uh, we're, we're in a, a topic that often gets people banned out of YouTube. So we'll see today what happens. Pray for it that it stays up, but let not your heart be troubled. We are still on Rumble and Twitter. So if this message does not find itself on YouTube and is deleted, you can find it elsewhere. Now from last week, we saw how... God allowed the, the Babylonian army to come in and to take Jerusalem, to take the captives. Again, because of their disobedience to God's word, they weren't following, they had idolatry issues, and so God was going to take them away. Nebuchadnezzar takes this first round, and in this first round are these four young men. And it says in verse 3, where we left off last week, that the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. We talked about how, why they were taking the children. We'll see that in a minute. But the, the nobles were so that the ruling family back in Jerusalem would stay put and they wouldn't create waves because if you did, we'll just put your kids to death. And so it was a way of keeping them in check. We've got your kids. What else are you going to do? We talked about, and was, we'll see today, how that expands into the Babylonian world that we live in. But also it was a trophy. You know, they... They conquered that nation. But remember it says that the Lord gave. So Babylon did nothing but show up. It was the Lord who did the work and allowed Nebuchadnezzar to win. But also the third reason is that eventually those young men will be emissaries to Israel. They know the culture. They know the language. They would be a good administrators. And we saw how the greatest treasury of any nation is the youth. And the Babylonians know that very well. And today, as we will see, so too the masters of modern-day Babylon know it too well, as we'll see. Verse 4, so we're literally doing two verses today. It says, Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might, here's our point today, whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Indoctrination. 
This is what their point is. I wanted to read to you from the definition of indoctrination. It says, to imbue with usual partisan, here's our word, or sectarian opinion, point of view, or principle. This is the point. It's sectarian. We're going to see today it's about secular humanism. It's about removing God and putting the state in its place. Again, this was the goal of the Chaldeans in Babylon and for the youth of Jerusalem, to remove God and to place the state in its place. Now, I'm going to say something that may be offensive for some people. And so we've designed this slide for every time I make something offensive. <laughs> Looks good, doesn't it? It may stay up the entire message today. <laughs> so at any time, I've instructed them when I say that... I don't want to trigger anybody today, but there's a very good chance. And by the way, the topic that we're about to give, I've never given before. And I think that the church, in the position it is in, because it has not talked about this topic of government state education before, and the indoctrination of it. And listen, I grew up in the 80s and went to the Napa Unified School District, times are different. Maybe you grew up in the 70s or the 60s. Who in here is the 50s? Okay, good. Oh, 40s. Amen, sister. I'm not messing with her today. It was a different time. Things are different today. And I'm going to show you why they are different and how we got to today. Because I don't know if you figured it out. It's kind of kooky out there. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, everyday crazy. It's like, can you top this crazy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can do one better. <laughs> Just keep going with crazy until the point where the whole thing is going to fall apart and collapse. And that's all being done by design. So let's dive into this. Again, I'm going to say something that may be offensive. If you send your kids to the Babylonian government schools or universities and they come home Babylonians or worldly, what do you expect? This is a conversation that hasn't been had in the school or in the church today. You see, we'll see, we're a little bit too trusting. Now, I'm not here to bring condemnation. That is the furthest from what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to educate us and to help the rest that might be in the system today. You see, there is a design by the system to remove you as a parent from your kids' lives and replace it with the state, the world, and of sin. Every once in a while, a politician or a government official will say the quiet part out loud and let you know that they control your children and not you. Even our own president said this. But this is contrary to the Bible. And as a believer, we need to do everything in our power to provide a different education than the one of the state. If that means we sacrifice things, then so be it. And if you cannot, then you must be at all times vigilant so that your kids are not brainwashed by the state of Babylon. See, Babylon and the state are teaching the youth of America and the world things that are contrary to number one, common sense, right? <laughs> and basic real science. And ultimately, the things of God's Word. We talked about this recently, about science, and how in the beginning, when it was being created and revealed in the 1800s, the guy who created the modern scientific method, do you remember what his name was? Lord Bacon. How could you forget? <laughs> He's got like the number one name. And all of those early scientists, they were all believers in Christ. They opened up the word and God revealed and they wanted to search out what are atoms. 
What are their stars that reveal God? You see, in this section, it says that they taught them the literature. Of course, the culture and the times of the Chaldeans. You see, it's called indoctrination of subjects. These subjects today are a little bit different than what it was in back in Babylon, but they're still subjects of indoctrination, like global warming or man-made climate change, gender fluidity, as well as the origins of man, socialism, humanism, collectivism, my favorite lately, so-called overpopulation of the planet. Do you know you could put the entire population of the planet in Texas? Don't tell me there's an overpopulation problem, and don't tell me there is a resource problem. Every once in a while, they keep finding more and more oil. We're not running out of it. Remember a while ago when we were running out of oil? We're only running out of it because they won't let us go find it. That was common sense, by the way. That could be a trigger warning today. <laughs> we have to laugh or we will lose our mind. Amen? I've already done this twice, so I've lost my mind twice. <laughs> I didn't have much anyway. Again, these resources were given by God to help people, but now they're considered evil. And the list goes on and on. These are the, these are the things that parents must fight against and help their youth understand the truth and not the Babylonian agenda. You see, let me give you an example of something funny. I saw this on the Babylon Bee. Now, before I show the slide, you know who the Babylon Bee is. It's a parody site, which means they joke about, which is kind of funny because their parodies are actually real. And then I love it when the mainstream media quotes the Babylon being thinking that it's real. <laughs> it's made up. Oh, that's it. I love it. And the, by the way, they're believers and the founder is a Calvary Chapel pastor's son. I'm like, woo! So Babylon B. So this is what they had last week. Global warming mysteriously spikes every year between June and August. Yeah, it's called Summer. Everything is global warming. And when we get to winter, they're going to say there's a winter blizzard. It's called cold. And it happens in winter every year. I don't know about you, but I've been around for 53 years. And every year, summer comes. And every year, winter comes. It's been going on the same my whole life. <sighs> By the way, um, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, We'll try to unpack this whole thing. There's a lot that I'm about to discuss. But, you know, the mainstream media and the corporate media, they're always about fear. You know that, right? So if you would listen to them today, you would think there are fires. Literally, the entire planet is burning all the time. We're always on fire, right? Global warming. We're on fire. The, the genius governor of Hawaii said that there was a fire hurricane. There's no such thing. There's actually a woman who is a global warming, I don't know, what do you even call her? She drank the Kool-Aid. She's all in it. And she came out and said, there's no such thing as a fire hurricane. In fact, the, Miami, uh, uh, the Maui fire had nothing to do with global warming. She said the quiet part out loud. She'll be canceled soon. She'll be replaced. It's not about global warming. In fact, can I give you something free, totally free? Free of my notes. I want you to hear this because you won't hear this. We live in a world where the media can pull things from all over the world, yes? Satellites, they can get images. They can show you a fire in Australia right now, right? Maybe it's in Italy. Maybe it's in Spain. And you would think by the coverage, we are literally burning. Do you know that from 1900 to 2020, Fires across the world have gone down, but they will never tell you that. Why? Because we have technology today. We fight fires differently. Well, if we managed our forest, 
But we won't have that conversation. We'll just say it's global warming. And do you know why they say that? And especially in Hawaii? Because it takes the blame off them and puts it on the monster of the sun. When, again, it's been the same that I've been alive. Okay, that was free. <laughs> again, this may offend. But parents often don't want to take the time to search out and define the errors in the educational system. They become lazy and too trusting of a system that is against you and against God. Now listen, I'm not talking about individual teachers. That's not what I'm saying. And there are some, but few in the system that is against anything that is righteous and godly and parrot-driven. Again, there are exceptions, but the overwhelming majority of the state-run governmental system is against you and against Christianity. It's a goal to remove you and to remove your religious ideology and replace it with the Babylonian state-run religion. By the way, as a side note, one of the great benefits of the pandemic was showing parents across the country how bad the educational system really was and that it was failing their children. It showed parents the true motives of the state-run education. But don't worry, we've got the FBI on it. They'll be arrested soon because they're domestic terrorists. Did I say we live in a kooky world? Might be nice living in South Carolina, but they'll come for us next. The South is no guarantee. Hmm. All right. It says that they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Today, there is a whole new language, a language that you and I, if you are 30 and over, don't understand. But Babylon does, and it's teaching it to the youth. Words like gender and socialism and a whole host of other things. I mean, listen, I'm not that old, but I remember a time when socialism and communism was bad and evil. And now it's considered good. And you know what they always say? We could just do it in our country. Well, it'll work here. Are you crazy? It's failed everywhere on planet Earth. Failed. But we can do it. We're America. No, socialism, communism, bad. Not good. We fought against it. It's it, do you see? If you do not laugh, you will lose your mind on planet Earth right now. It's all by design. Jesus is coming again. <laughs> it's all, woohoo! <laughs> Where am I? I have no idea. Um, it's third service. I have fun now. Male and female. How God created. But now there's hundreds of them. Again, which is a lie. And it seems that if you say that is a lie or it's not the truth, you're labeled as a hater, a racist, or intolerant. And my favorite lately, you're not believing or you're not following the science. Are you out of your mind? Lord Bacon would roll over. <laughs> By the way, and I say this with all the love of Jesus, but you know the science guy? He's a moron. He came out last week and he said, you know, sometimes you can be 80% male and 20% female. It's fluid. You're out of your mind. Stick to the space, man. That's your lane. But he said, no, gender's fluid. No, it's not. God created them male and female. Jesus must be wrong then. Oh, that's what they would say. In the beginning, didn't he make them male and female, Jesus said. Let's get back to that language, shall we? You having fun today? Okay, don't expect it all the time. That's too much pressure, man. Think about texting. <laughs> the youth use all of these abbreviations. You've seen this stuff? My kids text me, I don't know what you're talking about. 
could you please? And then it's worse. Look at this. Are you kidding me? Why do we have to? Can't we just say please, P-L-Z? What are you doing? You know what the feature I love most on that phone lately? That microphone talk into it. Who loves that if you're over 30? That's the most glorious thing, but you got to check it because it makes you sound like a moron. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> right? If you're not careful, you're sending your wife something. You're, she's like, who are you? <laughs> Again, there are times where it's like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. But listen, they do. It's a language based on technology, but it's also a language to change customs and ideas that have been around for thousands of years. Another thing is literature. Kids, for the most part, are not being taught the classics today. Again, for hundreds of years, we have had an educated populist, a well-informed, reasonable thought, reasonable thought and thought-provoking and thought-engaging. But today, higher education is more concerned about the topics of Babylon and the depravity rather than actual learning. Rather than uh, history, they want to change it to revisionist history, not real facts-based history. Again, it's agenda-oriented, and, and as we'll see today, it's done by design. Notice the word Chaldeans in that verse, verse 4. This was the word that was specifically used for a group of people known as the astrologers. Not astronomers, astrologers. Babylon gave us the astrologers, but also the sorcerers in the, this time. So these boys would have been taught all of these secular pagan ideas mixed with normal education. And this is what's dangerous it's a dangerous thing about the state-run education system. It has just enough learning, but too much of the other junk mixed in with it. I mean, a product of the 1980s, Napa Unified School District, I never heard my teachers ever talk about social anything. Ever. Not only that... I had a Christian biology teacher, and he didn't even talk about evolution. He's like, yeah, it's in the book. It's stupid. We didn't have these issues. So, pastor, why are you talking about them? Because they're issues now. Not then. And if I was teaching back in the 1990s, probably I might address a little bit of this, but not to the extent today. And I believe this is not a conversation that the church is having. It needs to have this conversation. Again, if you hear nothing, turn, tune back in. <laughs> the Babylonians were telling these young men that their God is dead. And our God, the God of the Babylonians, triumphed over them. And the state is all-powerful. That there are no parents, no temple, no priest, and that old religion of Judaism is dead. So this takes us into our modern world. And how through, as we will see, Karl Marx, our education system that we know today has been polluted by secular humanism. Listen, we prayed first and second service for the kids going into the state-run school systems. They're about to launch into them. And the universities are filled with professors who will berate kids on their Christianity and tell them to drop the class if you believe in this nonsense. You see, we tell you what to think. How dare you have a conversation with the professor? Isn't he all-knowing? Isn't he Nebuchadnezzar? We have a dangerous situation in our nation. And I love it when kids, by the way, I won't say this, kids record your teachers. I love it when that gets posted. 
It's the quiet part out loud. Oh, we can't have that. Let's get it off of Facebook and Twitter. We don't want anybody to know about it. Man, if a professor goes after you and your Christianity, put your little phone right there and record. You let the world hear that he is anti-Christ, that he is against Jesus. Hmm. I would like to give you some of the founding men of the modern educational system in our nation. You got a hand out there. Let's pull it out. These quotes and systems are designed to remove Christianity and parents' responsibility in the life of the child and the youth so that the state can direct the mind and the indoctrination into the ways of secular humanism and, as we will see, anything other than God. Now, I said Karl Marx, and we have this giant thing here about this is the whole system. And it starts with Karl Marx, and it goes into, by the way, if you've ever heard of the Frankfurt School, I know you can't see it, sorry. The Frankfurt School, Antonio Gramsci, will talk about him in detail in a minute. He's from Italy, nothing against the Italians, we love them. Their pasta and pizza are really good. Then the Fabian School, and then we got the Communist Party. But all of this is flowing to the point where they control Hollywood, nonprofits, media, labor, education. Wait, what's the next one? Churches. And of course, government. This is the end goal. And this is, it's all being done through the government education system. By the way, they're very patient. They know it'll take 50 years, and it has been taking a long time. And as we will see today, it'll blow your mind. Why don't I know this, Pastor? Well, because churches are just not talking about it. So let's get into our handy-dandy handout. We've got a couple of quotes from you before we get into Antonio Gramsci, but maybe you've known some of these names or heard them. Probably you have not heard of them. I don't know why. They are the founders of the modern-day educational system. By the way, let me pause once again and say the reason, part of the reason why they set up this system was we were in an industrial revolution, right? We started factories, and what did they need in the factories? They needed dumb workers. They needed workers that would just go to the factory, not say anything, not know their rights, so we just need them to go there and do their job. And then we, the, the <laughs> bourgeoisie, as we will see, the elite class will reap the benefit from all of these dumb, educated people. Do we have that one first? Bertram Russell. Men are born ignorant, not stupid, but they are made stupid by education. This guy is one of the founding fathers of the modern United States educational system. Why don't you know that? Because it, it, it's being held from you. But all of these quotes, now, my son did a really good job of, I would tell him what I wanted, and he was finding them. They're out there. But you actually have to do work to find it out. But again, most people don't want to know. Let's go to his next one. This one I love. This is their ultimate goal. He says, The societal psychologist of the future will have a number of classes of school children on whom they will try different methods of producing an unshakable conviction. Listen, that snow is black. Their goal is to tell kids, snow is not white. Are you out of your mind? We tell you what color it is. It's black. Listen. <laughs> when the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of the education for more than one generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the needs of armies and of policemen. As we'll see in a minute, they become slaves. John Dewey, maybe you've heard of him. This genius... There is no God. Really? You searched 
all through the planet, you've searched every book, and you come to the conclusion that there is no God? There is no God, and there is no soul. Hence, there is no need for the props of traditional religion, with dogma and creed excluded. Then the immutable truth is dead, and it's buried, and there is no room for fixed and natural law or permanent, here it is, or moral absolutes. Isn't it fluid today? What you think is not what I think, and that's okay. No. The Bible says there is right, and there is wrong. We don't, do we have another Jew? Do we? Yeah? Okay. Schools should take an active part in directing social change and share in the construction of a new social order. I thought they were there to learn. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're not there for social change. Oh, yes, they are. Huxley. Maybe you've heard of this genius. He said, a real efficient totalitarian state would be the one in which all powerful executive of political bosses and their army of managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. Father of the modern educational system. What does it say? We want to create slaves. You see, in our modern time, it's about get free, not be free. Oh, you want a phone? We'll give you a phone. Hey, you want free college? We'll give you college. Hey, you don't have to work. We'll pay you to stay home. Hey, you need housing? We'll get you housing. The founding father said, be free. Don't be a slave. Today, be beholden to the state. We'll provide for, we'll provide everything that you need. Free everything. Show me that in the Constitution. Oh, that's fluid. No, it's not. Let's go to Antonio Gramsci. Now, we only have one slide because this guy creeps me out. Isn't he a little weird looking? Look at that face. He says this. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of what? Schools, universities, churches. Why? And the media by transforming the conscience of society. Now, that's where we have our handy-dandy handout. So let's spend a moment with this Gramsci. By the way, he was imprisoned by Mussolini, which is kind of funny. <laughs> He's a socialist, wacko, fascist anyway. But he was imprisoned, and he wrote the prison diaries. And just so you know, he is the building block of all of what we're about to go through. The new Babylonian religion is based, and the educational system is based on this guy's idea. Full-blown communist. Everybody got that? Full-blown. But he felt like the Bolshevik Revolution, uh, and because that isn't taught today, that's Lenin taking over from the czars, who in their right were evil, but didn't need that. Gramsci thought that a full frontal attack wasn't a good idea. We needed to come up with a way to change Europe and America, because you know those Christians. Well, let's read it. He says, The civilized world, Gramsci deduced, had been thoroughly saturated with Christianity for 2,000 years. And Christianity remains the dominant um, philosopher. Oh. Philosophical, I, three times I can't get it today. <laughs> and the moral system in Europe and North America. He says, practically speaking, civilization and Christianity are bound together, right? He, what he is saying is, how do we break through and control people and make them into slaves? Well, we have a problem. Europe, 
and we have America, they're bound together with this idea of Christianity, of Judeo-Christianity. He says, Christianity has become so thoroughly integrated into the daily lives of nearly everyone, including non-Christians living in Christian lands. It was so pervasive that it formed almost an impenetrable barrier to the new revolutionary civilization that Marx wanted to create. Attempting to batter down the barrier proved unproductive, since it only generated powerful counter-revolutionary forces, consolidating them and making them potentially deadly. Therefore, in place of the full frontal attack, how much more advantageous and less hazardous it would be Listen, to attack the enemy society subtly with the aim of transforming the societal's collective mind gradually over a period of a few decades and from its former Christian worldview into one more harmonious to Marxism or communism. Now, let me... Um, summarize this next part. See, the communists didn't like to play well with others. But Gramsci thought, hey, we should reach out into these other areas, reach out into uh, anti-fascist organizations, trade unions, and, and socialist political groups. He thought it was a good idea to bring them in. He says, notice now, in our time, the alliances with the left would include radical feminism. By the way, that's a study in itself. Feminist, radical feminism comes from these men. It's all based on it. You think it was like freedom for women. No, that is not what it's about. It was all done by design. And again, I encourage you, Curtis Bauer's film, Agenda and Agenda 2, lays a lot of this out for you. He says, um, today we have radical feminism, extreme environmentalism. I like trees. I like a whale. But not over man, because that's what God said. Do you see the difference? He says, as well as the civil rights movement, as well as anti-police. Wait, isn't that something new? Defund the police? Took a long time, but at least that one's on there. It's coming. As well as um, internationalist and ultra-liberal church groups. You see, these organizations, along with open communism, together created a, a unified front working to transform the old Christian, Christian culture. Furthermore, communism was enjoined to put aside their class prejudice. Again, if you don't know anything about communism and about Lenin, that he did not like the bourgeoisie. It was the elite class, the top class, the wealthy people, and right, the workers didn't have anything. Well, what Gramsci says is, no, 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 what we need to do is we need to bring in the bourgeoisie class. We need to bring in the wealthy. Something that boggles my mind, ultra-rich progressive people who go along with the plans today. It's almost like those in America who are Jewish who keep voting Democrats who hate Israel. Why do you keep doing that? Well, he goes on to, to tell us why we need to bring in the bourgeoisie. And that's just fun to say. He says the absorption of the elite and the enemy classes, not only would this strengthen Marxism with new blood, but it would deprive the enemy of lost talent. Kind of sounds like Daniel, doesn't it? Hold on. I know that you're almost, you've had it, but I've only got 40 more minutes to go. <laughs> Wait, it's 40 minutes now. I read the clock wrong. Listen to what he says in this last paragraph. He says, winning the bright young sons and daughters of the bourgeois class to the red banner, wrote Gramsci, results in the decapitation and renders them impotent. In short, by violent force will not bring them genuine transformation in the world, but rather through the winning dominance over the minds of the people and robbing the enemy classes of their most gifted men that Marxism will triumph over. 
bringing in Daniel and his three companions from Israel. Now, if you hear nothing, <laughs> I need you to hear these four bullet points. And that's why I made it in bullet points, so you could easily go to it. Because there are people who think you're crazy. Maybe you're looking at me like, he's crazy. I might be, but I, I'm a really snappy dresser. <laughs> These are part of the main points of the destruction of the society that we live in. Again, remember, Babylon told the boys, Jerusalem's gone, your God's dead, the temple's gone, the priests are gone, there's no parents. Remember that? Trust us. <laughs> Trust the state. He says this, churches are thus transformed into ideological driven political what? See, the church isn't the church anymore. It's just a fun place to come and hang out. He goes on and he says, with the stress on social justice, and egalitarianism with worship reduced to trivialized entertainment. Man, if that does not sound like the church today. Trivialized entertainment. You're there to be entertained. We don't have time for the word of God today. We just got caught up in the spirit today. Wait, isn't the spirit directing the word too? Ah, entertainment is the directing force inside of the church. Listen, he continues, with age-old doctrine and moral teachings, the modernized or diminished to the point that it's not relevant. Oh, the church has progressed. We don't need the Old Testament. We don't need the Bible anymore. You know, it's evolving. No. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We change. He does not change. Well, I know you're going to be shocked by the next ones. Genuine education is replaced by dumbed down and politically correct curriculum and standards are reduced dramatically. This guy wrote this over 60 plus years ago. This is the playbook to destroy a freedom-loving, Christ-centered nation. Well, how do you do it? You dumb down and you make the schools about being politically correct. I mean, when math is racist, how do you fight against that? When, when you learn that the founding fathers of our nation are all racist white guys... How can we trust them? So we rip down all of the statues. That's by design, by the way. Remove the old and any visual reference to old. That's why the church is diminishing, by the way, faster than it ever has. Because we are the problem. The old Christian church. Of course, this is a shocker. The mass media are fashioned into instruments for mass manipulation and for the harassing and the dis discrediting traditional institutions and their spokesmen. The media's job not to tell the truth. What did I just say about the fires? Have you heard that on ABC and CNN? That wildfires have diminished since 1900s because we Americans have great technology? You're safer today. I've never heard that, ever. That article, by the way, was buried so that you won't be able to find it either. I have a pastor friend of mine. He says he sends his staff out online to find stuff for him. He goes, every once in a while, they'll go out and they'll find something. They'll do screenshots of it. Two days later, it's gone. Deleted off of the web. Never to be found by you, oh, the common worker. All done by design. The last thing, notice it's powerful, Marriage and family. This is the building blocks of our society and are being perpetually attacked and subverted. Marriage is portrayed as a plot by men to perpetuate the evil system 
of domination over women and children. Do you not hear that more and more? One of the so-called goals of feminism was to set the woman free from being a housewife. To be and have your own career. But did you ever ask yourself, what will it harm if I do that? What is the cause and effect of me being (laughs) a feminist? And by the way, Jesus is the ultimate feminist. He set women free. There is no male or female, but all are one in Christ. Christianity doesn't keep women down. It elevates women. To their place that God has designed. That's unpopular. He says, The family is depicted as a dangerous institution epitomized by violence and exploitation. Don't you hear that? One of the uh, goals of uh, the radical feminism was easy divorce. I don't know if you remember this. By the way, you're getting the whole more... Uh, Bible study than first and second service. So, woohoo! I'm coming to third more often. At a different time, <laughs> I might add. But, the, you know, before easy divorce, or what we call no-fault divorce, you had to give a reason to a judge. Anybody remember that? Like, you had to prove to the judge that something was harming or either abuse or whatever, and I don't have a problem with that. But you had to prove, and if it wasn't for irreconcilable differences, the judge said, get out of here, rookie. You can't have a divorce. Well, in California, of course it's California. When they had no-fault divorce, boom, easy divorce, fled through. And now, I don't have to work on it. Do you know that judges back then put people in marriage counseling? (gasps) Back then? They wanted people to stay together. Maybe it's because God designed it that way. He says, um, All right, you guys can read the rest. Let's get to this last character, and he's just a hoot. Saul Alinsky. How many of you have heard of this fun character? Good. You are doing way better than first and second service. I don't know where those people are getting their information. Now, we know this man because of Barack Obama and because of Hillary Clinton and because a ton, long list of progressives that have followed his book, Rules for Radicals. So let's take a look at one of his quotes. He said, True revolutionaries do not flaunt the radicalism They cut their hair, put on suits, and infiltrate the system from within. I might add, and get elected. This is just free. I threw this in because it's gold. Is this the health care one? Yeah. Control health care and you control the people. By the way, he's the guy who said, don't let a crisis go to waste. The last one. And this guy is unbelievable. In his book, To the Ford, he dedicates this to, let's read, lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical. From all of our legends, mythologies, and histories, and who's to know where mythology leaves off and history begins, or which is which, the very first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did so, so effectively that at least he won his own kingdom, Lucifer. And our own president of the United States, and no one called him on it, and no one still calls Hillary Clinton out. No one calls these people out for following this lunatic who is demonic. But this is the playbook for progressivism. Everything that's out there, AOC, politicians... This is their playbook. Rules for radicals. Go back to our first slide. (laughs) And it all came from Karl Marx, Antichrist himself, against God. He wanted a new communist system 
the Weather Underground, Bill Ayers, who helped fund Barack Obama. And this is not a message about Barack Obama, by the way. And Biden is just Barack Obama part two. Come on, man. And if you go through all of this stuff and you find all of these pieces and all they're going towards and the different people in different areas, radical homosexual agenda, all these groups are all controlling the top. Churches. They said the best way to get to the churches is to put communists in the theological seminaries. And eventually, those theological seminaries have communist professors. Well, what do you expect that's coming out of the theological cemetery? I mean, seminaries. <laughs> Let's wrap up, shall we? <laughs> you went just a wee bit long, but it's okay. Verse 5, <laughs> we got there. And I do apologize, but you're doing really well. Now the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine that he drank. Notice for three years of training for them. So at the end of that time, here is the gold that they might serve the state, the king. Let's briefly look at this verse. The point of the king leading the four companions to dine at his table was so that they would be overwhelmed with the things that they had probably never seen. Imagine, and again, I said this last week, Jerusalem is not what we think it was back then. It was just like a little country village. It wasn't big. <laughs> Imagine if you're from Ainer or Greensea going to Charlotte or New York. How many of you have ever gone to New York for the first time and you're like, what? I remember getting off the subway one time. That's when you could ride the subway <laughs> and not be afraid for your life. But I remember coming out one time and it's just sky, it's just boom. The lights, the sound, you're just, and the smells, by the way. But you're just so overwhelmed, right? Well, that's the goal. Bring them to the table. Put food that they have never seen before. Now remember, this table was probably not kosher. It was against God's commandments. Now Daniel will purpose in his heart, Lord willing, next week and help us understand that. But just imagine the king saying to them, come to the kingdom, come to my table and see the Babylonian bacon, as far as the eye could see. They had never seen bacon before. It's all right, have a BLT. Your parents aren't here. The priest isn't here. Judaism, that's dead. Your God's dead. Our God, Marduk, he's, he's power. He eats bacon. <laughs> I'm kind of sinking myself with the bacon, isn't I? to rethink my priorities. Now imagine that. This is the great ploy of the enemy. It is to flood our eyes with the things of the world so to as overwhelm us to the sights and the sounds and the smells telling us that God is holding back on us and the enemy, Lucifer, he's happy to give you what you want. If you just make the state important. I mean, imagine all the drink that was available to them. The wines from all over the region. And this wasn't the junk wine with the screw top or the box. And I'm from the Napa Valley. <laughs> this is probably the best wine ever made for the king. Go ahead, boys. Drink up. All you want, all the food you want. Again, the enemy gives us the best in the beginning to win, a, win us over. Again, I find something interesting 
that it says for three years this program of indoctrination happened. By the way, if you remember these days, it used to be in America that high school was three years. Now it's different. It's four. Some countries have five or whatever. But it used to be just three years. It seems that the high school junior high age of 14 to 18 seems to be the right age for mass indoctrination and delusion. What do we expect? With the result that they would serve the king, it says in that verse, serve the king or the state education. This is what it's all about. It's about control, not listening to parents, religion, or the things of the past. So we're going to rip them out. We're going to re-educate. We are going to <laughs> give you new history. Wait a minute. Is it, isn't that a lie? Yeah, but you won't know that. You see, snow is black. It's been the goal for over 60 years to slowly erode America. We're living it right now. How is it so kooky out there? Karl Marx. And at the heart of Karl Marx is Lucifer. And the rest of these men on this list. You see, they say the state knows better. The state has experts. The state will take care of you as long as you abide by their will. And by the way, here's a chain in a ball. And, and I don't want to be a prophet, but we are about to go to digital currency. And what you don't understand is that when we go to digital currency, you have driven long enough and cut your card off from getting gasoline. Then they will say, you haven't had your quota of bugs. You've had too much meat. And when you go to Kroger and you swipe your digital currency card, it will decline because you have had too much meat. You see, we, the state, know better than you. If you... Stop looking at me like I'm kooky. <laughs> this is what is coming. Full and total control. Ultimately, the Antichrist will love it. He'll use it. I don't know if digital currency will be here when we're still here. I hope not. Again, I like bacon. <laughs> I drive four hours every week to Spartanburg County, who I just realized had the highest crime rate of anywhere in the state next to Myrtle Beach. woo <laughs> We're doing great. Right up there on the top. It's because of tourism, you know that. They don't tell you that in the report. Calm down. <laughs> this is all by design. And this whole message from last week to this week is about parents getting their children ready for Babylon. Because the next verses are Daniel's responsibility. How does a 14-year-old live in the society of Babylon with all of its flesh, all of its food, all of its depravity, everything that he could ever want in his life is right there. But you know where it is today? Look down, what's in your phone? You have Babylon on your phone. I think we should recall it, not the iPhone, the Babylon. <laughs> oh, not just a hat rack. <laughs> Every, I didn't even say that first second service, Christian. They got robbed. <laughs> Genius robbed. <laughs> Sorry, this is what happens when I teach multiple services. Babylon's on your phone. It's on your kid's phone. Are they prepared? I don't know. That's your job, not my job. Not the youth ministry's job. It's not the youth pastor's job. Your job. You're the parent. When I was a youth pastor, parents would come to me and say, get my kids saved. I'm like, who are you? That is not my job. I can teach them. I can show them. I can love them. You have them more than I do. Sadly, the government schools are starting to have them more than the parents have them, even more than the church. How much influence can I really do? When, when Instagram has more control, 
has more time. TikTok, everything. I was going to go into, and I don't because I'm totally out of time. I was going to go into online gaming and how that has changed an entire landscape of kids <laughs> because of Minecraft. I'm going to tell you something, and I'll end with this. One of the greatest regrets of my life as a parent, letting my kids play Minecraft and Club Penguin. Any remember that Disney hell? It was a game where the kids could play Club Penguin and they would interact with other people and it was all innocent. Then it became Minecraft and it seemed innocent in the beginning. Then it expands and it expands. Parents, be a parent. Don't be a friend. They have plenty of friends. They need a parent. You need to provide what they need to be better to live through Babylon. Well, read ahead. Thank you for allowing me to go long. Um, probably the next three verse, <laughs> three verses for next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for our time, for your word, for this day, for Daniel and his friends and those parents who instructed these young men in godliness and righteousness that equipped them to stand in the day in which they lived. Daniel purposed in his heart because his parents taught him what is right, what is biblical, what is godly. That we, Lord, in this weird, kooky time we're living in, that we would prepare, prepare our kids that God loves them, they have a, that God has a plan for their life. And Instagram is not the answer. So, Father, strengthen us as parents. Allow us to stand up when we see the abuses inside of the state-run system. They can't lock us all up. So, Father, thank you for your, for your word and for the examples. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.